Oh, I recognize that face. You're in trouble, aren't you? Well, I'll take you out to the Outer Rim, but I don't think it's going to do you much good. Why? Well, there's a new bounty hunting group. You haven't heard? There's a two-faced Twi'lek and a pugilist droid. If I were you, I'd do my best to avoid the Salonian captain and the gandroid tech. Better watch your back or you're gonna get wrecked. The writing on the sky on fire. Heading to the edge of the empire. Your number's up and now you gotta pay. Running from the heroes of the Hadian way. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures in the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG line. Our current adventure is Mask of the Pirate Queen, and this is our second discussion episode after Act 1. And I'm Ben, and I'm the GM for this adventure. And I'm Christine, and I play Cav on the show. Uh, I'm Brandon. I play Barrowin. Good evening. My name is Leslie. You might know me as Billy from Heroes of the Hydean Way. Or if you've been with us since the beginning, Kith. But that doesn't matter anymore. Dang it, Kith. And Zap. I am Brit, and I play Vistrano. And while we were just in that little interim, some of us took the test. And Vistrano's <laughs> not a Ravenclaw, after all. So yeah. <laughs> Nobody's what they're supposed to be. But Billy is a Hufflepuff. Okay, Billy's what she's supposed to be. Cap got Gryffindor, which still doesn't make any sense to me. Everyone got Hufflepuff, so it makes right. sense to me. Strano got Snake. 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 To learn more about our characters and our players, we're going to be asking a lot of questions because this is a discussion episode. <laughs> so, Christine, you lead us in this. So, lead. Lead away. <laughs> well, actually, Ben, in terms of our going around the, the order... Next question goes to you. Well, see, that's entirely leading. <laughs> All right. I... <laughs> is that a leading question, though? Sorry, I'm done. Right All right. Now. My question is for the four of you, since I'm not asking myself a question. I do that too much anyway. For your character, is there something that you would want to redo? And if so, what? Are we talking in terms of, like, build oh. or? I'm kind of going with, yeah, if it's purely mechanical, sure. If it's choices that you've made. Such as jumping out of a perfectly good freighter. <laughs> I feel like this is going to keep coming up. Oh, you have no idea how much I've had to hold back on tails. <laughs> I, I refuse to be shamed <laughs> by uh, the smear campaign. Me too. But the only thing that readily jumps to mind for me is I kind of wish we had stunned or incapacitated more of the Queen's, you know people as opposed to killing as many of them as we did i mean yeah they tried to kill us but nope 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 the nice thing about biologics is they can just make more of them it doesn't actually drain resources that's harsh billy <laughs> amazing i am so happy right now i think at this that point is nice and ask, fair like, is this discussion episode in character does barrow and know what transpired here <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> nope that's good i guess <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I, I'm going to limit this to things that have transpired since Vistrano has joined the crew because there is there's so much to plumb in terms of regret from the days of well. Uh So I think that what Vistrano would change probably at this point is how poorly everything in that diner went down. Uh, I, I think Vistrano uh. feels rather guilty about how a lot of that just turned into comedic chaos oh but it was beautiful yes uh, as, as in a cinematic way but i think that you know we didn't get all of the information off the thing and you know, it was just it was just a dirty mess and he got the coat got chocolate on it there was yeah no that whole that whole that dinner, poor cake yeah i'm looking forward to that episode yeah it's coming up fast i think that's the next mm -hmm. one i'm editing yeah i am so looking forward to that one uh, who's next? Uh, so if we're done with that question, then we come back around to me. Does anybody Did else answer the question? Yeah. 
Like I, I thought only two of us answered it so far. That's what I thought. Barrowin would probably not do the jumping out of the ship thing, but that's because she would now, in retrospect, rather have told everybody to stay home, with the possible exception of uh, Billy, because I think she thinks Billy can take it. <laughs> you know, which is obviously not a decision that I would make, because that would mean that Cad and Vistrano were just not in the adventure. Um, they can have their own adventure. Yeah, that never goes as well as it sounds like it would. <laughs> I guess they'd just be on Rebo's adventure, the adventure we know Rebo has had. <laughs> True. That nobody was there to see. They'd just be on that. Yeah, Barrowin would uh would keep the squishier members of the party out of harm's way entirely squishy. in a way that wouldn't be conducive to. We call them squishy. I mean, relatively Crunchy. speaking. You were pretty squishy after you hit the planet. Well, don't worry. Cav is toughened by those experiences. Cav now has a mighty wound threshold of 14. Yeah. Oh my gosh, is that it? Do, do beings with exoskeleton scar, is that... We determined no. We determined not really. I wouldn't think so. Because they molt, or cat molts. I personally would maybe rethink Barrowin's obligations from a, from a mechanical standpoint, mm. anyway. Mm. I feel like they're just maybe not... I feel like I, I know what they mean, but I don't feel like I've communicated what they mean very mm. well, I guess. So... You know, but that's kind of hindsight being twenty twenty, and knowing now, like, some of the places the adventure goes, so. Fair enough, thinking about that. And this is a question that will probably get answered off air and whatnot, but this is kind of a follow-up, but on talking about what Brandon was just mentioning is, is there ways that you're wanting to change obligations? Because, like, between acts is a great time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're, I think, about to for one of calves, right? Like, isn't isn't theft turning into something else? I forget what we had decided the destination was way back when, but... That was months ago. Yeah. We're, it, that probably is going to evolve into something else if we, you know, bring the Gand into play. Before we move on, we've heard Britt, we've heard Christine, we've heard Brandon. Have we heard Leslie on the... Is there any... Something that you or your character would want to redo? The only thing I would want to change would be to make myself be a little more, a bit, to be more consistent on the um, formalities on the Betor and House, just to make it a a more distinct shift from when she stops using them as much, Mm. just to make that kind of a more tangible change. But like I said, when I realized I wasn't doing it as much and then I realized where she was headed, I kind of faded out of that anyway. But I would have preferred to make it seem more intentional rather than laziness or absent-mindedness. But Billy's happy. Well, no, Billy's not happy with her obligations. I am content with Billy's obligations as they stand. And I think the responsibility actually makes even more sense now that she has no control over what Vern is doing with his life. Okay. After Act 1, are you wanting to change any of your obligations? I... Probably, but I don't know what you, what to look at. There. I don't Sorry. know. Okay. I definitely don't think I would change the family one, because that is still pretty critical to his motivation for being out in space, and even though there has been a lot of dangerous stuff that has happened, I don't think it's enough to like fundamentally like change the core of his being. The betrayal one is maybe like enough time has passed from that one to... I don't know. I could see that one... Maybe changing, but okay. I don't know. I'm also mostly asking based on the sort of last, I don't know, two minutes of the last episode where the success of the bounty has essentially come crashing down around the heroes. And now chances are the Zon Consortium, as if we were to go back to the start, you all know that the Zon Consortium isn't one to be trifled with. And we're somewhat aware of that when you took the job. So I'm just sort of wondering, is there any sort of Zion Consortium, oh no, kind of stuff going on? Um, Should I just toss it on, on top, change out some? I think I think we need to have the meeting with Venlana to see kind of how that goes. Like, I, I mean, there's definitely things that could occur in that conversation to make Cav afraid. Okay, fair enough. I was just kind of wondering if, like, right now that there was anything that you wanted to, or were thinking of. Yeah, I'm kind of with, with Christine in general that, like, I think whatever 
wherever Barrowin might land at the start of Act 2 proper is somewhat contingent on that slash um, some of the uh, like call-out scenes we might do in the near future before we actually do Act 2 proper. Yeah, okay. I feel like we talked about doing an episode of those things like between or something at some point. There's a lot of little loose ends to tie up uh, from Act 1, I think. We'll discuss the actual structure around that off-air, but yeah, totally get that. Next question. Okay, it's kind of sort of on topic with what we were already uh, discussing, but what is something you want from Act 2? From the characters, from the plot? And that question goes out to everybody, players and GM alike. I want a Varactyl. <laughs> is that a kind of dinosaur? Ooh, what's that? It's the riding lizard from Episode 3. So, yes. Varactyl. Okay. It also sounds like a drug. So, so Barrowin's going to get a pet. <laughs> Does everybody have to get a pet now? Is, is that where we're going? Well, I already have one, and honestly, Cav kind of is a pet. Technically, that's part of lightning round. Um, <laughs> I don't know that Barrowin wants a Varactyl, but I want a Varactyl. Okay. Because nobody's ever <laughs> let me have a Varactyl. I get to be a dinosaur cavalier in my most recent D&D yeah. group. Your D&D oh. group sounds correct. Dinosaur racing cavalier. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool in seriousness I don't think I have a specific thing right now again some of that for me right now comes down to still maybe needing the cleanup steps for act one before I know exactly what I'm looking for internal to the game in act two mm. I'm hoping we continue this trend of getting in over our heads that goes without saying oh I have zero doubts of that well, like we, you know. Well, over Cavs head at least. Hey. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like we, we, we've we've made out pretty good, like on on this show in terms of various combats and things, especially over season one, even yeah. you know the start of season two, and there was a lot of danger and threats, especially in that last part of Act One, and I feel like the the deeper we get with the Zon Consortium and with the uh, the Veiled Sorority, the the deadlier more dangerous that kind of needs to get. I suppose... I want to see a situation where Berwin has to lie. Ooh. Ooh. She's already condoned somebody else lying. Yeah. What, what will that Ooh. take? You know that means she'll just be... She'll just be the Joker then. That's what... That'll break her that bad. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no. <laughs> all, t- all it takes <laughs> is one bad day. I don't like that. Oh, no. So, all right. If 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 that'll ruin no, everything, no. then maybe maybe not her <laughs> lying, but allowing her blue friend to lie more to help them, maybe because he's good at it. In seriousness, I have been contemplating where that line is for Barrowin because because of her crossing it in terms of other people lying when she knows that's going that's the case, and like her kind of condoning it by just letting it happen near the end of act one so yeah in, in seriousness i am i am curious if we will hit a situation where i feel like it makes sense for her to take that step i guess so like that little moment that we had where i was like did you call freebo and you were just like calling freebo yes i have and that little like head nod like that was just this perfect little moment for me that encapsulated kind of like how i want our friendship to go. I, I like mm-hmm. the idea of like us all kind of making Barrowin a little worse, but Barrowin making the rest of us a little better. Mm. Like like we're sharing the tarnish. Yeah, like like Vastrano is obviously like having to really reconsider how often he lies, and that is you know an adjustment. So I really like that relationship of Barrowin and everyone else. Yeah, I actually have found a lot more traction with the like lying thing than I thought I would. Yeah, that's like a big part of her character at this point. It really is. And I really, she really only does it because the books say that that's a Salonian thing, which I'm not sure was a Salonian thing before this edition of the game. I'm not positive. At the very least, I have I have ignored it in the past. <laughs> Do you know what it kind of feels like with Barrowin, though? It, with the, the whole lying thing feels like Barrowin, it's like, okay, so I'm not great at everything, but I can be a good example on this particular front. Mm-hmm. For all of these degenerates that travel with me, I can show them that honesty is the best way. And that is why she's like, no, lying is bad. And we're all like, uh, yeah, sure, you betcha. I mean, that's, that's an interesting, interesting read on it. 
This does actually make me think, um, also with what Christine said before, that I guess one thing I would like to see from Act 2 are, and I don't mean this in necessarily a negative way, but uh, steaks. We certainly we certainly had some, yes, correct. Ooh, are you hungry? I'm a snake. <laughs> ton, ton steaks, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, just sometime during Act 2, I want to have a steak. <laughs> um, no, like, like <laughs> Act 1, of course, certainly once we got out in the jungle and had some situations, things got pretty touchy. But I suppose, I suppose I'm still looking for a, by the end of, of Act 2, a moment where the ante feels, feels upped substantially. I know that obviously, like, especially for an actual play where you want to give an audience a satisfying narrative experience over the course of the whole thing, like, it's, it's difficult slash dangerous to have things that would take a character out of play or, <laughs> you know, substantially alter the tone or dynamic of the show in a way that is is harder than even just your own game which you know character death is a whole separate thing about how you establish how your game works and stuff but um but yeah that kind of th- just something something where it feels like there's more to lose aside from just a payday because mm-hmm. i won't lie like i know as a player i'm not going to have barrow and like throw the contract in in the consortium's face because that would mean the adventure stops mm-hmm. If I were if I were going to like try to play Barrowin to the hilt right now, she would be like, "Fine, we're done, <laughs> we're leaving, and go find something safer to do." I honestly kind of wondered about that because it it really seemed like it was pushing hard against what Barrowin is set up to be that I could see. I do think this situation is is um I do think we got in deeper in this situation than probably she's ever been. Hmm. Certainly since she's been the captain of a ship or whatever. Um, and I, as a player, like, I'm not gonna, I'm try to avoid instances where uh, I, I will change the character's desires a little bit to make sure the game continues to, to flow rather than, like, go real deep on, on character for sure. So yeah, that's a nebulous, uh, thing that I would like to see someday. <laughs> yeah, obviously Mask of the Pirate Queen might get more personal somehow on its own. I'm not sure. Yeah, also, ta- I would accept Tauntauns, but Veracle. <laughs> well, yeah, Okay. As here I am just <laughs> scribbling down notes. Okay. Okay, yeah. steaks, tauntauns. <laughs> the, great, the great thing about tauntaun steaks is that, it, you know, <laughs> you can eat them for nourishment. Yeah. Or huddle around them. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can use them for warmth and then eat them for nourishment later. Yay. They will be well preserved if you're using uh, them for all warmth. All this talk of steaks is making me hope we have another dress up episode like we did back in season one. We want to have another makeover episode. And I don't have to wear a slinky dress this time. Okay. I mean, you could, though. I feel like Cav would want to try something <laughs> like that. Oh, no. I know exactly what Cav would break out if Cav had to dress up. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh I know. No. Cav, Cav could give a slinky dress a shot, but in this case, it's like a dress made of slinkies. <laughs> <laughs> Head cannon accepted. It's like Cav had to make a dress out of what could be found in the engine bay. <laughs> All right. Um... So, Christine and Leslie, I'm really interested in hearing yours. I had also tossed up this question, but saw someone else asking it. Kind of answered at the top. Has Britt provided an, an answer? I thought that was a... Yeah, Britt wants Baron to lie. Oh, right, right. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, I, I jumped in first because I was all like, woo! Yeah, I, I mentioned I wanted us to get in over our heads more. Oh, I thought that was just a flip answer. You know, no, I, no, that was like that is something legit. Like I, I've liked the the tone that we've we've taken, and I want to see what it does to the characters in the long run. Okay, and and also the the having a dress up episode also not exactly a uh, a flippant answer because <laughs> they're fun. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. As for me, I guess for Billy, I I just I want to see her get comfortable being a person and maybe making decisions without asking. For the game, I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty pleased with how things have been rolling. Just letting you wackadoos take the helm and blow things up or fall down. And I mean, Ben does not fail to to just supply some really cool stuff. So I'm not worried or really hoping for anything specific. I'm just looking forward to what comes. I'm easy. And Ben, what about you? Uh, well, now I'm really wanting the next episode to be recorded. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's coming soon. 
Okay, well, that, that, that. Yeah, I just kind of want the next episode. Um, there's a choice coming to the characters that is going to be not as simple as they think it is. And I'm kind of interested in seeing how you in character at the time try and deal with it. I mean, the characters have already been kind of burned once by incomplete information. They know that they've been played once, at least to a point. Like, the whole Finlana offing what was thought to be the Pirate Queen at the time, or I guess it was Perel at Finlana's instruction. Behest, yeah. And showing up with a body bag already prepared. It's like, wow. With that and the reaction that the Zong Consortium is going to have from this, I'm really interested in seeing how the heroes deal with the initial bit of Act 2 and then how the entire run of Act 2 goes. Because it's something that the more I think about it, it really comes down to how much the players trust the Zong Consortium and the character that they're being sent to meet. If they don't trust him, if they do trust him, how they trust him, can I get the actual accent slash affectation right? Like that whole thing is kind of my direction and my question that I'm, it's one thing that I have no idea about. There's like four different ways that this can go. And I'm really interested in seeing it because I don't know. And that's the best part about being a GM is I have very solid things that can happen. And. Like, how? How is this going to happen? On to the next one. <laughs> Smooth <laughs> transition. Okay, so we don't, we haven't interacted much with the stuff going on in the setting at this point in time because we're on the edge of the Empire. TM, no credits. <laughs> but since, we, since it just hasn't really come up and we haven't really been bumping into the Empire in a big way or the Rebellion basically at all. What are the characters' like sort of stance on the Galactic Civil War so far? Hmm. I mean, we're post-Death Star, presumably? Yep. You're in the nebulous three years that all Star Wars fiction seem to start off in. So, do you, you know, I, I think it's probably safe to say none of us like the Empire because none of us are human. But, you know, do the Rebels have a chance? Are the Rebels a bunch of terrorists? Would you get involved if you found yourself involved? <laughs> I think Ooh. if I can just be the one to just jump in. Um, no. Uh, as a Pantoran, I feel like the whole thing, the whole Empire thing, has kind of uh, been a backdrop of Vastrano's entire life. And the reason he's in the situation he's in is, you know, because I mean, I, I presume that most people listening to this will have at least a slight understanding of the whole Pantoran moon isolation thing. But. You know, he's not there, and they don't really have, like, yeah, they're a mess. And so, you know, his family and their struggles is all because of that. And I definitely think that there's an underlying animosity, I definitely think, that Vastrana would have. Just because, like, seeing any evidence of the, of the Empire would, would be just like a reminder of, this is why I don't have a home, and this is why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. And yeah, so I definitely think that not cool for Pastrano. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had an easy one just because of what culture I am. Yeah. Billy doesn't care particularly. She probably doesn't really know about it because they talk about business at, at tables or the, like she, she knows that it's a thing, but she has no reason to really be invested in it. Now, if someone that she was friends with or somehow tied up would go one way or the other, and knowing everybody she's set up with would go probably rebel. She would follow, but she don't care. I don't think Cav thinks that the rebels have a chance yet. When Cav starts to see things develop a little bit more, I could see Cav trying to help out in the hopes that Cav might become a war hero. <laughs> <laughs> Cav just wants the stickers for the helmet. Uh, pr pretty much. Cav is is looking for their personal glory and to make a name for themselves and the Cav clan. And uh, right now they think that uh, being a bounty hunter is the best way to do that. But I could see that changing. Cav definitely doesn't have any love for the Empire. Oh my gosh. Cav is a Gryffindor that wants to be Slytherin. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. so, what have I done? But but also I don't I de- I don't see Cav being opposed to to taking work for for either side as long as they don't cross any lines Cav isn't comfortable with. Barrowin probably um, also doesn't like the Empire because definitely if you're not near human then it's just kind of a nightmare. But I think she also has a pretty dismal uh, opinion of the Alliance's chances. So. I think she prefers to stay out of it, probably even to the point of trying to avoid jobs that like are specifically engaged mm-hmm. in the Galactic Civil War, not necessarily from the Empire or from the Rebellion, but like from the Empire targeting rebels probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be her jam because it could get really complicated really fast, you know, or, or vice versa. You know, ideologically, she'd certainly favor the Rebellion. Like, I think she likes the idea that the rebels could win, but doesn't think it's actually a practical possibility. Given what someone who's just existing in the galaxy at this point in time would know that doesn't have the benefit mm. of watching the movies. Man, we were talking about steaks and now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, Freebo would totally be a partisan. Mm. He's just a weird kind of idealist that if he hadn't fallen in with you guys, then maybe his other crew would have gotten into that sort of really deep darkness. Actually, you know what, honestly, if Billy was forced to make a choice, she'd support the rebels just because they they choose to choose, whereas the Empire chooses to control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Leslie. We will, in fact, turn the surprise question upon the players. Both I and Blamecat were wondering about anything that happened this past whatever to surprise us. Mine was specifically, did you do anything as your character that surprised you? as you were playing like something you would not have expected just in the moment to do. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Did anything that was not you surprise you? I can't think of anything. I mean, it's not that I like saw everything coming by any means, but I can't think of a time that stands out as being like, what, what we're doing. What? (laughs) Well, actually maybe, maybe Billy jumping out of the speeder. I didn't really anticipate because while I think of Billy as certainly the group, tank by choice as well as mechanically speaking that seemed like kind of a a a bit of a grandiose sort of action relative to how billy'd been behaving previously you know doing that felt like a very bold thing for billy to do that i wasn't really um expecting to happen i guess doing it the way she did it specifically i need to re-listen to that because i don't know what i did specifically i mean you jumped out of the speeder yep dramatically Christine? Uh, Cav didn't really surprise me so much. Pretty standard. Cav tried to drive vehicles. Cav tried to catch things on fire. Cav did not eat as much this uh, this act as in Trouble Brewing. I might need to fix that. Mm. So, so yeah, Cav pretty par for the course. Probably the biggest thing for me in terms of other characters are the, the twofold Barrowin allowing somebody else to lie on our behalf. Like, starting to cross that line a bit and we've already talked about the sum but Vastrano showed a lot of bravery in a really really intense firefight like i i don't if so if barrowin handed me christine the grab binders instead of running there i would look at her like she was crazy <laughs> cav would probably try to do it and epically fail the fact Vastrano ran in and also succeeded, didn't give up even when things did not yeah. go well the first <laughs> attempt says a lot about that character. Yeah, I I thought about that like a fair bit afterwards because I wasn't sure if I was actually appropriately acting within the character, but I I think there was enough justification for it happening that it was okay. I still think that maybe with my one will, I maybe shouldn't have, but, you know, Cobb was all messed up, and yeah, that's still pretty surprising, but I think I did the right thing. Yeah, it was a good moment. I feel like the one will does not remove your entitlement to do something heroic or stupid. It just means that you might regret it more quickly than others. Yeah, that's how I've kind of interpreted it myself. That's that's fair. And you can also interpret the one will as being like Barrowin told her told uh Vistrano to do it. So That's also true. That was also a factor. So there's that, that loose chain of command thing where it's like, Well, I am supposed to. 
Well, that's been a, a thing is, you know, well, Vistrano was in that situation yeah. with the hut where, you know, the hut says, jump, you jump. And I think for like a hot second, he thought that he was kind of getting out of that sort of very rigid situation and then got a little too informal with Barrowin and realized what a terrible mistake that was with that conversation we had where I completely f- flubbed the very beginning of our of our professional relationship and that was definitely weighing mm-hmm. on many many of the interactions and and decisions i made after that moment so it, it that moment shows up in a lot of Vistrano's uh, journal entries <laughs> <laughs> dear diary the reason I actually asked that question was because we were joking or talking about something at some point, or I was typing notes, and I had a realization that Billy, I made a choice in characters Billy that I've noticed in her interactions, when it comes to droids, she is inclined <laughs> to give them a chance. But when it comes to dudes doing dumb things, it's, it's like she's like, okay, you've already made your bad choice, so I'm not even going to deal with you, or I'm going to deal with you terminally. Um, but with like, uh, Kuchu in the <laughs> yeah. thing, she's like, dude, stop. And he's like, no. And then we just turned him off and on again and he was fine. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's interesting. I, I just had that realization, like, Billy wants to give droids a chance, but less so with biologics. Which, totally fair. <laughs> I felt way too, like, this is slightly off tangent, but I, I felt way too bad to, lean into any sort of like dehumanizing of droids so i i just didn't go that route but i for like a moment at the very beginning when i was like talking i I was having some conversation or vistrana was having some conversation with billy about who her master was and that was the closest i got to like not giving her agency and even that i felt like a little guilty about so I feel like in reality, Vistrano probably would treat Billy a little bit differently than Brit is capable of RPing. Mm. I just, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's because you're not a monster. I feel like he, as like a, you know, a doctor of, of biologics, probably wouldn't give you, give Billy as much personhood as, as he does. But at the same time, Vistrano has a really tight relationship with Kev, who obviously gives droids personhood. That's a really good point. Actually, so and I mean, you as Vistrano, there's clearly some respect for Cav's, if not life choices, opinions. No, that that's that's a really really good point, actually. I mean, Cav does lots of things. Just, <laughs> just to be clear, there's lots of things Cav does. Yeah, uh, those as blanket <laughs> statements deeply concern me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tag next thing in it next. Brit. Oh. I thought we had a bunch of not... There's the whole... Okay. Yes. Sorry. I thought there were more more brand ones. Okay. The rest of mine, since we already did my sorting hat one, are all specific. So, Christine, if Kav could... And I'm pronouncing it like... Kav, Kav. This round does. If Kav, if Kav could raid the closet of any real world celebrity, who would it be? Now, uh, Now, I, Christine, don't know a ton of celebrities... But there are obviously quite a few with very brightly colored and outlandish wardrobes. Elton John. Elton John would. <laughs> I just typed Elton John yeah. in the chat. Oh, yeah. Elton like, would yeah, be a really, really good one. The other one that popped up because I've just seen some pretty interesting outfits. Rami Malik. Yeah, in terms of very brightly yeah. colored suits or different color clashes and things of that nature, but. I may also suggest, I hmm. cannot pronounce his name for sure, but is it Taika Watiti, The guy who directed Ragnarok? That's certainly close enough. He, mm. he definitely rocks some pretty fabulous um, floral, some odd print shirts. Okay, I, I can see it. For instance, the pineapple mm-hmm. shirt I just put in chat. Yeah. <gasps> That's wonderful. Brit approves. Britt would wear that. Britt would wear that. Out of, out of context, it just looks like Leslie does not know who Elton John is. <laughs> I promise you I do. But yes, that's a valid point. Elton <laughs> John. Now that's a picture of Taika Waititi, oh Leslie. I'm sorry. I laughed and I threw my head back and my headphones fell off. Professionals. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. So. Perfect. My next question is for Leslie. That- uh, and you know, I think I gave everyone else a little bit of like funny ones, and then I got all serious with you, and I'm not not sorry. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> Was there any thought given into making Billy a female-coded droid? Do you think there's really a huge difference? Do you think anything would be particularly different if Billy was male-coded? Honestly, with the way she's been played in the game, not really. I mean, the reason I... There are two reasons I I cited for for going with female when I was setting this up. One was because I was playing with people I didn't know, and I didn't want to really fuss with genders just... I'm a she, make Billy a she, straightforward, done. And the other was actually the mental images I had was from a variety of, I'll be honest, like James Bond style films where all of the the, the dealers that a lot of them really interacted with were, were females. And it's generally because they're flirting with them or making eyes at them or whatever. But so I'm just picturing the, the women in the very kind of formal, strange kind of coats. Mm. With their very proper posture and everything, sitting at the table with all of the the players. And I'm sure everybody's going to go out and be like, James Bond deals with all the male dudes. I'm like, I don't care. The picture in my (laughs) head was a couple of chicks. Okay, that's just the way it worked out. And that that was the main thing, was the inspiration I drew on for the backstory worked out that way. And then, like I said, I'm I'm also a chick. I that's how I identify. So straight lines, unimaginative. Go me. No, I mean I think it's completely valid to play your own gender. (laughs) I just I find the you know gender very interesting in general, but also then thinking about gender and droids just to be like, yeah, you could write a book. So it's something the old EU didn't do super well, but I've I'm glad that. Under Disney, we are seeing like canonical female droids. Oh, like there's the one from mm-hmm. Solo, whose name mm-hmm. L three. Yes. Yeah, three seven. <laughs> yes. Because no, we can't actually what? say the dang name. Freaking lead. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right, but anyway, I, it was it was mainly just because that was how it worked out. So, when do I get to be <laughs> funny, Brit? Jesus. Never. I'm. I love you, Brit. It's okay. I see, I wrote I wrote your question first because I like had something I really wanted to ask, and then the other ones I was just like, oh, I'm gonna throw out questions because I don't have a good one. At least I got the good one. Yours was like the most thought out question. Oh, you think it's see, me. Brit likes you best. That is not true. <laughs> hey! Oh no, I'm hurt. <laughs> okay, who do you like best? <laughs> I am rolling. Yes, not something. me. Yes. Rolling a D four. <laughs> Um, moving on to Brandon's question. Uh, this may be like fine art and game, but do you personally ever see Berman going back home? Slash, do you even view that as home anymore? Her duty-bound obligation has been previously to this point defined as related to sort of her sense of duty to her people because Salonians are generally a very stay-on-the-home-world, you know, do-your-job do kind of culture. So I think when she left, she viewed it as going out to see what the galaxy has to offer before like coming back when she's a little older and wiser or something. As things stand, I think she probably still expects that someday she will, but that's not even something that I'm yet sure about. It's one of those things that I would have to, I'd have to see where she ends up at the end of the game. So yeah, maybe. The answer is maybe. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. That's it for me. Go back to your highlight questions. Yeah, do you want the the redacted questions? Because this is where the insanity begins. Do we have any more serious? Uh, okay. Do, do, do we? Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's make sure. Do we have any more grown up questions? I have one for Ben <laughs> that's moderately grown up. Uh. Okay. Did you want to do that before we we turn it over to Brandon and let him subject subject us to whatever he's going to subject us to? Ben, my darling GM. How how do you like slash feel about? somehow winding up as the unofficial official heroes pilot. When I saw this question, because we've got documented this that you're never going to see listeners. <laughs> so there. It kind of took me a little aback. It's like, wait, what? I, well, and then got thinking about R4 and then, or Raimi, and then 
Freebo. And, you know, considering none of the adventures from FFG really revolve around space shooting and that sort of stuff, like, yeah, there's sections because it's Star Wars, but it's not the thing that really is revolving around. So for an actual play, it kind of makes sense that, yeah, the GM kind of can just be the taxi driver. So it makes sense, but how does it make you feel? I know you're not a Vulcan. <laughs> you sure? Um, Moderately. The computer knows you're half human. Yeah, it would still ask you a quest- that question. That whole reintegration thing. I like Star Trek really. 4 a lot. Because uh. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Before we get on the Star Trek bend. Uh, <laughs> Just throw those brakes on. Oh no, I like it. Like don't Oh, you like you like being the pilot, sorry, okay. <laughs> I like being the pilot. Yeah, like the I also like Star Trek Four, yeah. but yes, I like being the pilot because it's something easy, but it's also I can so far both have been adopted characters. Like that's the other thing about those characters, is that both of them are adopted. And that's a part about the characters that I like, is that they're absolutely adopted by the group. They're not exactly like character uh, pets, but yeah, they're adopted characters that are loyal to the group. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Freebo was absolutely kidnapped, but he came around. Uh, Press ganged. That's a potato potato thing. But now he loves us, so it all worked out. (laughs) Now he's adopted my bunny. Yeah, you're never you're never getting that bunny back. Or is a bunny adopted him? Benicula. Benicula will live on. I like I like what you bring to the characters, by the way. I enjoy the little spice that you add by just having them react in That's certain ways. <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah. The the colander bowl helmet. Raimi driving in circles, listening to music. When I know that Rebo's gonna be there in his scene, I actually do put a lot of thought into it. Like in a recently aired Heroes, and yes, listeners, you can start figuring out how far ahead we record, is it was the scene that just sort of got stuck in my head with Rebo turning around in one of those chairs and doing the whole Bond villain thing, then seeing the heroes walk in and like Cav's been shot, Barrowin's been shot, Vastrano learns that Barrowin's been shot, Billy's not exactly doing that great, and then they report that their speeder's burning. It's, it's a pile of slag. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem well. I like the character enough that I do kind of come up with, all right, what weird adventures are going on in my head that they're undertaking while everyone else is doing the actual story? What sort of troubles can Freebo in, in 3B get up to? Well, we've got time to find out. All right, insanity. All right, so <laughs> before before the real insanity, I have minor insanity first. In the top secret redacted questions that I'm sure nobody looked at. Well, they were redacted. How could we? I mean, good call. <laughs> so, crew, if Act 2 begins with us discovering that every member of the Sky on Fire crew is, in fact, Force-sensitive, yes, even Billy... That's not how that works. It. This is a hypothetical. And we have been drawn together by... I wrote an ancient force ghost inhabiting the ship, but I'm going to change it to an ancient force ghost that is th- uh, 3B. <laughs> I knew it was a hoojib! Who is falling to the dark side first? Billy. Uh, me, I think. Kev. This question, this question did seem a lot more compelling before we found out that everybody was a Slytherin. <laughs> Uh, did, didn't we already ter- determine way back during our Halloween episode that if Cav is given force powers, Cav just falls to the dark side and becomes a Sith? Oh, that's right. that, That's true. Cav, Cav would not be able to, to detach oneself from the uh, emotions I, as easily. I, I didn't get to experience that as Vistrano, so we don't really know how fast I succumb, I guess, do we? Or what weirdness Chris would come up with for Vistrano. <laughs> I, I feel like... I feel like Vistrano has slightly, no offense, Christine, uh, more discipline than Cav. Not mechanically. If it's mechanically. <laughs> well, no, it's just personality-wise, not it was... mechanics. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but really, if you, if you hand Cav. Anyone else go Ninja Turtles with that? 
Cav is going to use them kind of like how Cav used the crate's breath at every opportunity. Yeah, the galaxy will be on fire before you know it. I mean, Cav would have to learn in this scenario. Cav wouldn't just have force lightning. Or oh, whatever. yeah. Cav is very intelligent. I think Cav would learn quickly. Uh, the Cav would be going for the force lightning. So, Ben, uh, if by some miracle none of us follow the dark side on our own, uh, who would you be able to tempt the most easily? Hmm. <laughs> I love thoughtful Ben. It's a toss-up between Kev and Billy. Billy? Really? Well, but we, yeah. we, we know why Kev. Why Billy? Billy. That's interesting. Yeah, Kev I get, but... <laughs> <laughs> Kev I get, yeah. Kev's like, whatever. If the dark side has biscuits, then Kev is there. <laughs> <laughs> and we know the dark side has biscuits. They do purportedly have yeah, cookies. Kev likes cookies, too. It's on account of Billy... It's break the self-discipline and Billy is a terror. Like, that's pretty much what the entire uh, Halloween thing was. And there's going to be something coming up where it's not exactly anything that's come before, but gets. Yeah, there's definitely a Tails effect on this whole dang adventure. So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering. You're not talking about the fire, are you? Fire? The, The kindling for the fire that I used. I'm talking, taking a look at weird out-of-context things and then applying them forward. Oh, okay. Okay. I will say at this exact moment, Chris and I haven't talked a dang thing about anything, but I'm also now, there are themes in the Halloween episode that are very interesting. But no, in all seriousness, I do think that there is, okay, this sounds absolutely weird, especially when it's talking about Vestrano. Vestrano seems to have the most internal discipline of all the characters. Like, maybe low will, but high discipline in the way that they present to everything. Restraint. Yeah, restraint. Because Vestrano, when they do run in and do something, it's because there is a dang good reason to. (laughs) Otherwise, they're not the first one to be jumping out. Yeah, some of it is, I just am not feeling up to doing it. But there's also a level of restraint to it. Barrowin would go to the dark side through the Anakin path. Is about the best way that I can put it. Put something in front of Berwin that would cause bad things to happen to those around Berwin that Berwin cares about. Show bad things happening to Kev that can only be solved by doing Sithy things or dark side things, and Berwin would do. Yeah, that's relatable. Protecting, like, seriously, protecting Berwin's found family is how I would go at Berwin to fall. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And with Billy, it really just seems get a pinprick through the self-restraint of the facade. And when there is no consequences or seemingly no consequences, it's entirely within Billy as to when they stop. That's the whole thing. Huh. Cav is just so impulsive. Like, yeah, Cav would just dig too deep and yeah. before they know it, be like too far gone. Evil space husk. Yeah. Actually, Leslie, you're the one who said it earlier, is how Billy treats organics versus droids. Like, Billy would essentially just, your organics have messed up this. Well, now more organics need to get reprocessed to Hmm. get out of the way of doing the burn it all down methodology. Peace through tyranny. I can see that. Not even peace of tyranny. It's more the actual burn it all down because, well, they reproduce so fast that what does it matter if a few of them go? Yeah, we'll just find a clean slate somewhere. Yeah. Uh, okay, the <laughs> last question of this triptych is, um, so after one of us does fall to the dark side, it sounds like most of us are falling to the dark side. <laughs> ben more or less answered this question, I think. Except maybe Vistrano. Who, who will have to uh, take that person down in the emotional climax of the story in an epic battle between good and evil. And it sounds like Vestrano's the hero. (laughs) (laughs) Vestrano will take us all down. You know, it'll be a well-placed punch that doesn't kill you so that (laughs) you can be redeemed. It's probably it's probably when like in the lightsaber battle, whichever one of us is evil, like seems to have gained the upper hand, but we stop to gloat. (laughs) That's wonderful. And then, like, mid-monologue, like, would you just be quiet? Uppercut, done. Yep. I do. I I don't have time for this. People are bleeding out over there. Shut up. Exactly. (laughs) 
And then out of all of this, then Vern arrives with the film crew. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. We can talk about that because that will have already happened. Yes. Uh, I don't know because I, 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 Christine, still don't know what occurred during that. Oh. It's a mystery. Okay, okay, never mind. I won't, but oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't decided where that takes place yet because I, I, I don't know where it should. I I mean, we know where it takes place. In our hearts. Narshida. Narshida! <laughs> yeah, I didn't heart, know that either. A heart happens to look like Narshida. <laughs> so, yeah. so, given that, if. If Pastrano is the one that falls to the dark side, I feel like Billy. Really? We just have to like, yeah. I think I think Pastrano is a little too like emotionally invested in a protecting Cobb and b impressing Barrowin that Billy's probably the one that would have to do the job. You also you also might be able to argue that Billy isn't susceptible to um, anatomy lesson. Uh oh mm. oh <laughs> oh. Like, I think mechanically Billy still is, I believe, but, like, yeah. you could make a thematic argument that it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I wouldn't know where to punch a machine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, that's amazing. That would be one of the ones where it's like, okay, yeah, Vestrano attacking a droid, I would absolutely be going on, tell me why yeah. Vestrano yeah. knows this. It's like, I'm not saying no, just inform me why. I'd say Billy's probably the only one Vistrano probably could do that to because Vistrano's seen the inside of Billy's chassis because no, there's been so much of it exploded that. at points. Well, that's messy, and Billy's not a stock droid anyway, so, like, yeah. mm, there's no guarantee, certainly after Cav has to do repairs, that Billy remains even arranged the same way internally that she was the last time Vistrano saw some of those. Yeah, I, I will say Billy, Billy is definitely a character you could say, if I fall... You put me down, <laughs> too. And she, she would agree for anybody but maybe Varen. Because mm. favorites. <laughs> All right, are we, uh, are we ready for the lightning round? Lightning. Lightning round. I can't do else that fast. Nobody else wants to do that. Okay. Answer these quick. I might just, like, call on people or something. I don't know. This is your... Probably a good call. You could just put us in an order and run through it. This is your go. I'm, I might just sort of be selective. <laughs> Go right ahead. Ooh, okay. Go crazy. Okay, so this is the lightning round. We're going quick. All right, Christine, your character is now an Avenger. What is your superpower? Uh, Cav can eat anything. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Britt, if Vestrano was a droid, what would his function be? I am Baymax. Your healthcare. Fair. <laughs> yes. yeah. Leslie, if Billy wasn't a droid, what would her function be? Much the same, with slightly less <laughs> awesome arms. Hmm. <laughs> Ben, we all know that Cav is a precious cinnamon roll, but for everyone else, what baked goods are the rest of our characters? Oh! Does a wasabi know. pea count as a, <laughs> a baked good? <laughs> it's not a baked good. Uh, some, somebody else can steal. Buzz into steal. Okay, okay. I am, or Vestrano is an eclair. Mm. Uh, Makes sense. Barrowin is a uh, cannoli because he yeah, there, there's a reason, but we're lightning round. Um, or I'm just or I'm just faking it. It's fine. Um, oh, you already said Cav. Our our Rebo is okay. Um, that's hard. Why did I tag into this? I don't know baked goods. Uh, Rebo is a donut. Um, I support sure. that. Yep. And 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 Billy is. Um, a uh, French cruller because it's shaped weird. I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> Billy's Billy probably like a whole grain weird. muffin or something. <laughs> no, I went with a digestive. I'm a chocolate covered digestive because that way I'm sweet, but I'm okay. still functional. Leslie, hats, yes or no? Yes. Uh, whoever answers Always. fastest is Barrowin pulling off these goggles. Fantastically. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what weird I was trying to go with there. Okay, that's also Eunice, too. Uh, ben, when we make Heroes of the Hydean Way season two, the motion picture, what special effects shot will the studio <laughs> blow most of the budget on? Redacted because we haven't hit there yet. Okay. <gasps> uh, which one would they put in the trailer? Solar flare. That that is like not deep enough in the movie to be a yeah sure. Oh, absolutely the Nuno fight. Uh, which one? The lobster fight. Yeah, because that oh. thing's got to be CGI. It's just the entire thing CGI. And the lobster yeah. will be CGI. And like, since Barrowin's clearly CGI, and Billy's probably at least half the time CGI, yeah, it's a mess. Can I vote we work with the Henson Company and avoid CGI I mean, as much as possible? you don't have any say. This is now in the studio's hands. <laughs> <laughs> Christine, who keeps leaving a mess in the kitchen? 
K6. Okay. <laughs> what? This one this one's for me. Can the crew have a puppy? The answer is no. Uh but Freebo, 3B. I mean, is this more We cannot have can another the crew puppy. have another puppy. <laughs> another puppy. You better pick me, you better pick Brit, me, you better pick Velociraptor me. Velociraptor or Deinonychus? Ankylosaurus. That's not one of the choices, Brit. <laughs> Don't care best dinosaur. Right, this is lightning round. I can't stop to to argue with you over the <laughs> way this question is phrased. Go, Brit. <laughs> Leslie, how big is your character's Steam backlog? What does that mean? How many games does Billy have in her Steam library that she hasn't played? None. Mm, that I, I, I don't think that's true. Cav, check out Billy's uh, thing. <laughs> Billy Cav does not have a Steam account. Billy plays with cards. Christine, seriously, oh. somebody clean up the kitchen. That's not a question. Um, <laughs> this one's also to Christine, though. Will you ever give me access to the question document for a discussion show ahead of time again? Yes, but only within the same day. Yeah, I did this in the like, like the 10 minutes before the recording. That's not going to stop me. I can verify that. <laughs> no, yeah, but think about how many questions fun. would have been there had I given you a week. Mm. Fastest answer. Do you condone whoever made that grit and ship captain cost 25 XP and be the only way to reach a dedication? Yes, because no. it was yes. funny. <laughs> Amazing. And it's Everything you all just said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning round, you can't stop to correct. <laughs> Your own uh, rule. Ben, who is Vrebo's Overwatch main? And if you don't know Overwatch, somebody who does know. Okay, sure. What was the answer? Widowmaker. I only know I only know pretty cowboy lady, uh big tall, pretty <laughs> Russian pink haired lady who's like Scorpia. Yeah, and, yeah, so. yeah. and uh big armor wearing lady who I also will marry. And yeah. there's also a gorilla. Mm -hmm. and, there is. and and hamster ball. So Ooh, so yeah, it sounds it ball. sounds like if the if the crew of Sky on Fire minus maybe Barrowin <laughs> were playing, we'd have a, a Widowmaker, an Ash, a Winston, I assume. And, uh, I don't know, Bastion, probably, because he's a robot. Sure. I know nothing about Overwatch, kind of... except that people complain yes, about Yes, but it. do you know the answer to this question? Leslie, whose copy of Caverns and Crate Dragons was that, anyway? I believe the back of it said, you know, Kith Ursebeck, but I wouldn't swear by it. Hmm. <laughs> but how did we get it? Who is Kith Ursebeck? <laughs> I'm sorry, it would actually be, uh, Liska Phaedron, but that's okay. Cab doesn't know, but Cab did find this pry bar with it. <laughs> I don't know why I left it there. I don't know what that um, I just assume it is a reference. <laughs> Any, anybody, really, is pod racing A, wizard, B, very fast, very dangerous, or C, this? D, all of the above? Yes. No, that's not, that's not one of the uh, questions. You're disqualified. Next. Wizard. Okay, good. <laughs> Brit, when we make Heroes of the Hydean Way, season two, the motion picture, who will play or provide the voice of Vastrano? Oh, we determined this Paul earlier. Ooh, we didn't determine Ooh, this. Ooh, different like answer. It. Yeah, I had to dodge Cav, obviously. <laughs> Leslie, do you think the name of this section referred to the challenge of answering as many questions as possible, or the self-imposed challenge of thinking of as many irreverent questions as possible for me to type in before the recording time? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is for anyone. Have you ever gotten into a coworker's car to go to lunch only to hear Christine coming out of the radio? I've never gotten into a coworker's car. The answer is yes. Oh. <gasps> <That laughs> for me. Really? Yes. <laughs> that... <laughs> That's when I said, oh, by the way, Jim, do you have any questions you would like me to ask? <laughs> Yay, Jim! Did, so, did you do a double take when that happened? I mean, no, I, 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 think, I think you were speaking in Cav, so, like, I grokked. Okay, it was a lot quicker than just me. Yeah, Maybe. like, I could tell it was you, but, yeah, anyway. Um, finally, we all know that uh, the Sky on Fire is named after a song Barrowin likes, which was probably said so long ago that maybe people forgot. It doesn't matter. It's perfect. It's the best possible name from a song that could be given to a freighter. But if the four of you were each given a freighter and you had to name it after a song, what song would you pick to come close to the perfection of Sky on Fire? Is there a song called The Sky Is on Fire? <laughs> There's Ring of Fire. <laughs> does, it, does anybody else miss that joke from All of Trouble Brewing? A little, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Horse with no name. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. So would you just not name the ship? Or would it be called the horse with no name? <laughs> you just have a picture of a horse. <laughs> I'm real bad with song lyrics, folks. Um, just pick a song you love. 
Oh, I don't see a good one. I'm like I checking mean, it, out. it sounds like only Leslie's getting a freighter. Oh yeah. no. I'm keeping the rest of the freighters. I, I'd like to say that that was I thought of that immediately too. I immediately I was like, okay, I'll check out some other No, source with that name. I'm going to name the freighter that would have been Ben slash Rebo's the uh Aaron Burr, sir. I'm going to name the one that Brit would have gotten probably the touch after the seminal 80s anthem from Transformers the movie. Oh, we've got the touch. We've got the power. Yep. And uh, the one that would have been Christine's, I'm probably just going to put the storage unit somewhere. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Sounds like a plan. My, my second option for Was when, when Horse with No Name gets blown up is Papa Jean's Blues. <laughs> so Leslie gets two freighters is what I hear. This, this. Go f- I go from America to the monkeys. <laughs> I can't believe I just oh, blanked yeah. on all music everywhere forever. I, I can't think of a single song right now. My brain is fried. <laughs> well, this has been the lightning round. <laughs> la, 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 lightning <laughs> round. La, 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 Tune lightning. in next time. Everybody wins. I don't know where that came from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, either Bambi or... <laughs> that was a discussion episode, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and you can find me Ben on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. You can find me Christine and Cav on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one two T H Night with a K. Uh, and I'm Brandon, and I'm on Twitter at Blue of the Kin. Ah, uh, you can find me at Leslie GS. And I'm Atomic Firebird, not on fire. Ta-ca-ca! We are all at thehydeanway.com, where you can find previous episodes and our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way. Our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, where you can find more episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. We're also on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can holocom us at heroes at thehydeanway.com. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us on patreon.com slash thehydeanway. Or you can donate a coffee to us at ko-fi.com slash thehydeanway.